Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is October the 26th, 2018. Uh, well into autumn and well into madness. Election day on the horizon. Caravan, uh, if that's what you want to call it, headed this way. There's much to discuss, but first of all, I want to thank you for joining me this evening. And for those of you who are familiar with me, you know that I'm a former INS senior special agent. Spent 30 years with the former uh, INS, now ICE, and uh, other agencies that were created out of the bedlam when the old INS was split up after the creation of what I came to call the Department of Homeland Surrender by George W. Bush. Ever since the attacks of 9-11, I've truly been a man on a mission trying to wake up as many of our fellow Americans and as many of our alleged leaders about the true significance of America's borders and America's immigration laws. Uh, This is about border security, national security, public safety, the lives and livelihoods of our fellow Americans. This isn't about xenophobia. It's not about bigotry. It's not about racism. If it was, I couldn't have done the job for 30 seconds, let alone 30 years. Uh, In point of fact, if you go to a section of law, Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182, It enumerates the categories of aliens who are supposed to be kept out of the United States. Not one word deals with race, religion, or ethnicity. It's aliens with dangerous communicable diseases, aliens who suffer severe mental illness, aliens who are spies, terrorists, criminals, human rights violators, war criminals, fugitives, human traffickers, drug smugglers, gang members, aliens who have been previously deported, aliens who have committed fraud and seeking benefits in the United States or visas, and then we get to aliens who would likely become a public charge or aliens who have no permission to work, and if they did work, would compete unfairly with Americans, likely costing Americans their jobs and at the very least driving down wages and working conditions. How anyone could take issue with the immigration laws defies my ability to comprehend. And, you know, Uh, Full disclosure, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat, but before you faint, understand that the old Democratic Party understood that it was the mission of the government to look out for its citizens. Their, Their position used to, used to make the livelihoods of American workers their priority. It used to be, when I was a kid, that the point of delineation between the Republicans and the Democrats was that the Republicans looked out for business owners and the Democrats looked out for the workers. And there's arguments to be made on both sides of that labor management equation. And there's concerns, and some reasonable, some unreasonable, again, both sides. Human beings are human beings. You know, it's been said that when there's a divorce, there's really three sides to it, the husband, the wife, and the truth. So being on the side of labor isn't evil, My dad was a construction worker, a tradesman, a union card-carrying guy, my biggest hero next to my mom. 
Um, and, and so, you know, I, I have no problem with supporting and defending blue-collar America. My parents made sure I got a college education, but I'll tell you what, there is nothing more essential to a country than skilled tradesmen, plumbers like my dad, electricians, carpenters, bricklayers, technicians, mechanics. Without them, the country comes to a screeching halt. So uh, my position had always been to support the, the jobs, working conditions, and so forth of American workers. And I understand that businesses don't want to be burdened by unnecessary regulation, but there has to be certain regulations. You know, the problem is we've lost common sense. We've lost reasonableness in this country. And that reasonableness is costing us lives. That loss of reasonableness, not, not the reasonableness costing us lives, but the lack of reasonableness, <clears throat> failures of immigration were directly responsible for the attacks of 9-11 and other terrorist attacks because America does not want secure borders. It's just that simple. Neither party wants secure borders. The Democrats tell you what they want. They want to dismantle our borders, get rid of ICE, and have a literal free-for-all. It would be catastrophic. You can't defend the country without secure borders, uh, but that's what they want. I, I believe they really would like to, to destroy this country. I don't know what other conclusions I can come to. And the Republicans and their blind greed for cheap labor don't want secure borders. They want to make Americans compete with foreign workers. They like to see the wages go down. Let's be blunt. Jeff Sessions was a breath of fresh air. Here's a conservative Republican who, as a member of the Senate, always put American workers and their families first, which is why I'm such a huge fan of Jeff Sessions. Never mind that he quoted me on three separate occasions from the floor of the Senate about 11 years ago when the debate was raging over comprehensive reform, and he quoted from an article I'd written for the Washington Times where I came to call comprehensive immigration reform the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. Jeff Sessions has been consistently looking out for American workers where the immigration system is concerned. Took a lot of guts on his part, a lot of chutzpah, because he came up against some pretty stiff competition from the uh, folks who were being funded by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And Donald Trump won his election, I believe, because of his promises to make America great, not by xenophobia, but by making sure Americans wouldn't have to compete with foreign workers. And, uh, you know, he, he's done some measures, not enough, and I wish he was more nuanced in what he has to say. But it's important that we never support any leader blindly 100% of the time. I certainly don't even agree with my positions 100% of the time when I look back at some thoughts I used to have, some ideas I used to have. Every day we live, we're supposed to learn, and as you learn, your understanding of issues evolves. So never follow any politician blindly. Never follow any leader blindly. Um, the best can be wrong, and it's important that we don't be blind about that fact and it's important that we understand that today the politicians are literally playing politics with national security public safety the lives of our fellow americans that's what's so baffling and infuriating to me and so what i want to really discuss today um, is that caravan that continues its northward trek uh, you know um, i write for a couple of websites Front Page Magazine is where the lion's share of my materials wind up. I also write for a quarterly journal, The Social Contract. The fall edition will be out 
imminently. I was hoping it would be published by now. It hasn't been, but as soon as it is, I'll make note of it, and I'll be sending out emails with the links to the article. I have the lead article for this quarterly journal, this fall edition, and I called it Sanctuary Country. And it goes to this very thing that I'm saying right now, that we really don't have secure borders. We really have no meaningful immigration law enforcement. And if you think otherwise, you're foolish. The fact that there are unknown millions of illegal aliens, and if you look at an article I wrote a couple of weeks ago, MIT and Harvard both think that uh, the numbers are at least double what we've been told. I think that's even a modest number. So rather than the 11 million nonsense, they believe it could be 22 or 23 million I think it might be 30 million or even more than that. We have no idea. You have sanctuary cities where no one's asking anybody about their immigration status, their place of birth, and so on. You have law enforcement refusing to take that into account when they go out and do what they do. Uh, We have people in jail who are not being interviewed by immigration agents. Why wouldn't an illegal alien lie about his or her citizenship to avoid deportation? It's common. One of the things that I was trained to do as an immigration agent, and I believe that that is a a singular bit of training that no other agency provides, is to break false claims to United States citizenship because a false claim is a felony. It's a felony to vote illegally, and people have been voting, and they shouldn't have been. And, of course, the Democrats say, well, if you ask for voter ID, you're just trying to suppress the vote. This is like a poll tax, which is a blatant lie. Um, They don't believe in the system anymore. That's the only conclusion that I can come to. The hell with the system. It's not whether you win or lose. It's not rather how you play the game, but whether you win or lose. You know, we all grew up about sportsmanship. It's not whether you win or lose how you play the game. I sat on two juries. One was, uh, interestingly enough, given the world we live in today, a case where a young woman alleged sexual assault. The problem was all of her witnesses disagreed with each other. One witness said it was a sunny day. One witness said it was a stormy day. One witness said after the alleged event, this poor girl was so traumatized, she sat in the closet in in, in this building that they were in. Another witness said right after the event, she was sitting on a swing in the playground because the sun was shining. I mean, goodness, she couldn't have had more disparate versions of what had taken place. And although the defendant, to my eye as an agent, uh, appeared to be a thug, we acquitted the guy because certainly every defendant enjoys a presumption of innocence. Unless, I, I guess, you're Judge Kavanaugh seeking to go to the Supreme Court, because then every allegation is true. And if you try to defend yourself, there's something wrong with you for being upset and trying to defend yourself. I, I have never seen our country more screwed up and led by wackier people. And I'd love to know why people vote for these idiots. But then again, what choice do we get? Um, I I really did not much care for John McCain. I'm sorry that he died and and died a horrible death. Um, But I I have to tell you, I remember when he was running against Obama, I was on a radio show, and the host asked me who I wanted to see win the election, Obama or McCain. And being as blunt as I like to be, I said, well, that's kind of like asking me if I'd like to have cancer or a heart attack. We keep getting bad choices. But I think we get bad choices by the intent of the parties and by the neglect of the citizenry. If we Americans were more involved, I will tell you, this country would be a very different place. The political system, the political elite know that they can run roughshod over us and we'll just roll over and play dead. 
And that's dangerous. Those politicians are our employees, and we are crappy employers. We let them get away with everything. And periodically they get rounded up and put in jail for corruption, only to be replaced by the next crop of crooks. And I find it remarkable that politicians can get campaign contributions, but federal employees and municipal, local employees can't get a cup of coffee. I don't want the cup of coffee. I just want to see an end to political campaign contributions because, let's be blunt, they're bribes. You know, in an employer-employer relationship, you know who the employer is. The employer is the person who signs the check. The employee is the person who deposits and cashes the check. Chuck Schumer may be the ranking member of the United States Senate, powerful politician. It's an illusion. He is an employee of the people, the big money people, who send him those checks. I guarantee you when they call him, he makes clear to them that he works for them. I am sure when, when the George Soroses of the world call him, it's yes, sir, no, sir, I'll jump on one foot or two feet. Yes, sir, how many times? Absolutely, I need that money so I can run and win another campaign. And the Republicans say the same damn thing to the United States Chamber of Commerce and all the other special interests. If you wonder why you're not being represented, it's because you don't have enough money to bribe these people. Because that's what campaign contributions are. Let's be as blunt as I know how to be. If you're taking money, there's an expectation you will use your official authority in a way that maybe contradicts your oath, maybe violates the promises you made to the constituents who voted for you. That's the situation we're in today. Rampant corruption and rampant stupidity and no moral compass. But other than that, folks, this airline is right on time. There's nothing to fear. This is wacky. And it's really wacky when you can listen to the Democrats talking about disbanding ICE and the Republicans still refuse to provide the money to build a damn wall. Now, I've said for the longest time that a wall by itself is not a solution. I compare a wall on the border with a wing on an airplane. You know, without the wing, the airplane doesn't fly, but a wing by itself goes absolutely nowhere. However, however, The U.S.-Mexican border is a dangerous border, and part of the reason it's so dangerous is because of corruption and violence in Mexico. One of the reasons that border is so dangerous is because it's the only place on the planet where the first world and the third world collide and collide violently. And so we have no way of securing that border, and that, folks, is a failure by design. And that's what I wrote about for the social contract that this is all kabuki theater. We're going to secure the border, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. We're not going to do diddly, because the Chamber of Commerce wants an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor, and exploitation is not compassion, if you haven't noticed, by the way. And they want the drugs to flow into the country, because with the drugs come money, and the money washes through the real estate business, the Wall Street, and banking, and we are floating on drug money. That's the issue. You want to get the guns off the street, get the gangs off the street. You want to get the gangs off the street, secure the border, and get rid of the narcotics. We have a heroin epidemic, but yet we're legalizing marijuana. That's just brilliant. That's flipping brilliant. Yes, not, anyone, and not everyone who smokes pot is going to go on to heroin or cocaine, 
But I could tell you, having spent half of my 30-year career with the government working with the Drug Task Force and a four-year stint as the INS representative to the Unified Intelligence Division, I can't recall a single individual that I encountered who was hooked on drugs, and many of our informants were hooked on drugs at one point or another, and they will all tell you they all started with marijuana. It's a gateway drug. And if you really want to get rid of the drugs, why legalize pot? It's revenue. It always comes down to money. If you want to get rid of the drugs, where are the commercials? Cigarettes, you know, cigarette smoke has gone down drastically. It's no longer legal to smoke in many places, and the TV commercials are really horrible, but they make a clear point. I can't watch them. My own dad died of lung cancer, so when I see those commercials, I have to be honest, I flip the channel, but I don't smoke, so it's falling on this deaf ear because it doesn't matter to me. I wouldn't do that to myself or my children to smoke in the house and have them exposed to secondhand smoke. But those commercials are very effective. When was the last time you saw a good commercial warning against drug abuse? You might see a commercial for a law firm that will help you sue somebody, You might see a commercial for an organization that will offer you counseling because they want to get paid. But when was the last public service announcement that showed a before and after of some young lady or some young man, bright-eyed, advanced degrees, brilliant future on the horizon, and then they got hooked on drugs one way or the other, and they've crashed and burned? Boy, oh boy, I've met so many of those. I met one young lady during a drug raid. She was gorgeous. She could have been in Playboy. She was stunning in the photograph that was in her driver's license when we asked to see ID when we executed a search warrant. She was in a drug den. But this girl looked like she was about to die. One foot on the grave and one foot in the grave, another foot on the banana peel. And she wasn't thirty years old and had lost custody to her kids because she became a drug addict and a prostitute. By the way, she had advanced degrees, was a high school teacher. Her career was gone. Her family was gone. Her life was gone. Her future was gone. She was the ideal person to put in front of a camera to warn people, don't make my mistakes. Have you ever seen a commercial like that? Of course not. Do you think the government really wants it to stop? Uh, I have my thoughts. You can develop your own. But question everything you see and hear. Don't take anyone's word because they told you. Trust nobody. This is a dangerous era. When you can see a caravan of potential illegal aliens heading for the United States and the news media calls them migrants, immigrants, and refugees, my head wants to explode. We have a lawful immigration system that's the most generous in the world. Every year we admit a million lawful immigrants into the United States. We give them green cards or are immediately placed on the pathway to citizenship. That number, one million, is greater than all the other countries on this planet combined. We admit tens of millions of temporary visitor aliens, tourists, as foreign students, as foreign workers, and so forth. We don't make it that difficult to come legally. If you can't come legally, there's something really wrong with you. We are so willing to admit people that every year at least a half million aliens fail to depart when they're supposed to or otherwise violate the terms of their temporary admission. So understand, we don't make it that tough to get into the United States legally. 
So when you see a small army headed this way of aspiring illegal aliens, be scared, very scared. You know, I, I wrote two articles for Front Page Magazine about the situation with this so-called caravan. And I wrote for Front Page Magazine these two articles within the last week. I, I hope after you're done listening to my program, you will read the articles. And if you really like them, please forward them to as many people as you can. Be part of my Bucket Brigade of Truth. The title of my two articles, well, the first one was The Impending Alien Invasion, and the subtitle, How the Left Plays the Compassion Cards for Destructive Ends. The second article, just published yesterday, The Threats Posed by the Impending Invasion, and the subtitle, All Americans Need to Wake Up and Pay Attention. You know, there are too many people that are complacent. Oh, I live in Boston. I live in Chicago. I live in Omaha. Why should I care what's happening in Texas or California, New Mexico, Arizona? I don't live near there. Any alien who can run the border, stow away in a ship, or be admitted through an airport and disappear is free to move about the entire country. In New York City, we have a huge population of illegal aliens from Mexico and Central America. They come to America. They get on an airplane, they get on a bus, and they're here. When I was part of the first anti-smuggling unit back in the late 1970s, we used to surveil what was known as the red-eye flights, the, the flights that flew through the night from California to New York, and they mostly landed in, at that time at LaGuardia Airport, and you would find illegal aliens on those airplanes. And sometimes there were people here waiting for them, so we would arrest them and find out who the human traffickers were, and we would go after them and the safe houses and the exploitation and the girls that were being forced into prostitution, the whole bit. Sanctuary cities make the work that much more difficult. So who are they really protecting? Well, they'll tell you they're protecting these poor immigrants. By the way, immigrants don't need protection from INS or ICE. They're here legally. We gave them that authority, we meaning the immigration agencies. What they're really protecting are the human traffickers and the criminals. It's anarchy. People are dying. And Nancy Pelosi stands with the murderers and the thugs and the gang members. When President Trump described MS-13 as animals, she got furious and said there's a spark of divinity in their eyes. Yes, the spark of divinity as they rape, kill, and beat 12- and 13- and 14-year-old children in the Latino ethnic communities. Give me a break. So this is how distorted their worldview is. Why anyone would vote for anybody who thinks that it's insulting to refer to MS-13 as animals, well, maybe it is insulting to animals, defies belief. Chuck Schumer went out there and gave speeches, called illegal aliens illegal aliens, said that we can't tolerate it, that it's dangerous, etc., etc., etc. And then he flipped. I guess he got a phone call and maybe a check. Or maybe we should call it what I think it is, a bribe. If you change your position that drastically, Chucky boy, you've been bribed, you've been bought, you've been gotten to. Or maybe he was being blackmailed. I, we can all speculate, and I'm not going to play the game. But I'd love to know how somebody who could take such a strong damn position and say this is dangerous, it's threatening safety and lives, and we must not allow it to happen. Boy, he laid it out. He certainly understands that he's going to get people killed, and then he flip-flops. This isn't minor. This isn't, mm, I used to like chocolate chip ice cream, today I'll try pistachio. No, no. This is, we have to secure the border to save lives, to let everybody in who cares. 
Why would any rational person do it? And Chuck is no dummy. I have friends who went to school with him. He actually, from what I was told, got a perfect score on the SATs. Chuck Schumer is no fool. I've spoken with him. We've had arguments. I don't like the guy personally. But that's not what this is about. The point is he's extremely smart. He's no dummy. He's not a dope. He's not like some other members of Congress where you want to hook them up to an an EEG to make sure that they don't have brain damage. Schumer's not brain damaged. Schumer has no moral compass. Schumer doesn't give a damn who dies as long as he stays in power. These people don't have clean hands. If you stand for open borders, you stand for dead Americans and dead members of ethnic immigrant communities. The 9-11 Commission was crystal damn clear. 9-11 couldn't have happened if our borders had been secure. And the border isn't only Mexico. It's the visa process. It's the northern border. It's the southern border. It's our coastline. It's aliens stowing away on ships. Everyone knows about it. And where's the Democrats? On the side of the smugglers and the illegal aliens who want to violate our borders and violate our laws. That's where they are. Same place the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is. Same place where the journalists are. I was watching Laura Ingram. I've been on her show a number of times, uh, not recently, but within the last, uh, during this past summer, I've I've been on her show several times. I love watching her show. Uh, This past week, I did three interviews for a Tel Aviv-based news program called I-24 News, and and everyone there seems to get it, and Laura Ingram certainly gets it. So Laura was playing a, a segment of The View, I wonder what Barbara Walters thinks when she watches The View, because she started it. And it used to be fairly interesting, I thought, when they first started the program. I can't bear to watch it anymore. It's a train wreck. I'd rather watch commercials. And they were making fun of the president. Oh, the president, what does he know? Where is he getting this from? Did he pull it out of his ear? There's Middle Eastern men in the caravans. He's making it up. Boy, oh boy, he's playing to the right-wing nutcases, blah, 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 on and on and on. And you heard the same thing on CNN, and I used to go on CNN regularly. The security people at CNN never even wanted to see my ID. Oh, Mr. Cutler, how are you? I was that frequently there. Of course, mostly with Lou Dobbs, but I was on with other members of the CNN team. And they've fallen off the, the edge of the earth. Maybe we should all join the Flat Earth Society. Same thing with MSNBC. Ridiculing the president forgetting, perhaps, or not being capable of thinking, more likely, that every morning he gets a morning brief by his intelligence people. And I wouldn't doubt that during one of those morning briefs, or maybe every day, they're telling him, Mr. President, we know who's in this group, uh, and, and there's Middle Eastern, there's, there's terrorists, there's gang members. So he gets that brief, they don't. And I remember a situation up at DEA, we were working on a terror case, Colombians that were arrested in New York, it was the time of the Al Smith dinner, and we actually found bomb detonators in their trunk. So we held George Bush, who was here to debate Mike Dukakis over at the Waldorf for the Al, Al Smith dinner. Um, and, and, and so I had to write up material that related to the immigration aspect of the case, because these guys were Colombians. And a half-page report that I wrote was included in the president's briefing the following morning. It was an interesting experience. Uh, driving home at 4.30 in the morning. I, my, I was a single parent. My son was staying with the babysitter overnight. I missed seeing him terribly. He was very young back then. But boy, oh boy, it was, it was to me very exciting knowing that in just an hour or two, 
the briefing team would walk into the Oval Office and included in that daily brief for the president was a half page of material that I had provided for the briefing. So understand that the president is given access to information that nobody else gets. But, of course, don't let that get in the way of the narrative. But what I can tell you is not what the daily briefing contained, but I'm going to read to you a segment of this article that I wrote about the caravan and the threats that it poses to the United States. This was my article the threat posed by the impending invasion, front page published this on October the 25th. And in it, I quoted an expert who testified before the Homeland Security Subcommittee over in the House of Representatives, and it's chaired by Peter King from New York. And the expert who testified is a gentleman, forgive me as I look for it, oh my goodness gracious, you know, you always think that you have, I think what I did, forgive me, folks, I feel uh, rather foolish. Here we are. Now we have it. Yeah, this is the impending alien invasion, how the left plays the compassion cards for the destructive ends. And the witness at this hearing, uh, and there was no disagreement. These witnesses were all in agreement, which is very unusual. Usually the Democratic witness takes a different position from the Republicans and so forth. There was more or less unanimity on the threat from Latin America, terrorism, and so forth. And the, uh, the witness in this particular case is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Emmanuel Ortolenghi of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And I'm going to read to you two paragraphs, and I want you to let the words sink in and understand that this isn't just conjecture. Oh, the president is playing to his base, you know, all these smartasses who think they know more. By the way, I'd love to know what Whoopi Goldberg knows about national security. I'd love to know how many terrorists she's interrogated in her life. I've investigated and arrested terrorists. I'd like to know what she's done. I'd like to know what any of them have done in terms of going after terrorists or drug dealers or gangbangers. Why don't they come on and talk about the right procedure for somebody who has cancer or needs a heart transplant, I'm sure that they could be articulate and brilliant and tell everyone how to do that because they seem to think they have the answers to everything, and in reality, they don't know anything. It infuriates me. You don't run your mouth on national TV unless you know what the hell you're talking about. If I ever offered an opinion at the dinner table and couldn't back it up with facts or experience, and I was a teenager... My dad, may rest in peace, would look over the top of his glasses and give me what I used to call the father look, and very slowly and in an annoyed voice would say, Mike, empty barrels make a lot of noise. And he would tell me that because it was his way of telling me to zip it if you don't know what you're talking about. And I lost my dad to cancer when I was 19, but i got to tell you, when I'm on a TV set now or I'm doing a radio interview and someone asks me a question that gets out of my area of expertise. I could still hear my dad's words. Empty barrels make a lot of noise. And I do what my dad would have expected me to do. I tell them you're getting out of my area of expertise. My opinion isn't worth listening to. See, that's the difference. That's the difference. So these clowns get dressed up there, and they, they do their thing, and they make fun of the president. And all the president is actually doing is connecting the dots. 
but they don't like the picture that it creates. So they are insulting and abusive and nasty. But think about Congressman Joe Wilson when President Obama addressed Congress over Obamacare, and he said, you lie, and there was a meltdown in the media. How dare he do that to the President of the United States? Would that they had the same reverence for Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States. Remarkable disconnect, isn't it? Now here is the testimony from Professor Odalenge. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. And here is where the dots really get connected, folks. Professor Odolange goes on and makes this statement, and there's no mistaking what he's telling you here. And this hearing again this past April, this is current. Toxic crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. How much clearer do you need to be? Among the people headed north are apparently members of the Middle Eastern groups, possibly terrorists, gang members. I was watching interviews on TV where some of the individuals were being interviewed, mostly men in the caravan, by the way, and they were very blunt. I've been deported. I'm coming back. If you come back, you're committing a felony. If you have no criminal history, it's a two-year felony. And if you are what is designated as an aggravated felon, rapists, robbers, drug dealers, gun runners, arsonists, okay? I worked with Aldamato to create the law. I'm very familiar with it. You face a maximum of 20 years in jail. That's not minor. That's not jaywalking. That's not hopping the line like the brilliant Geraldo Rivera described people coming into the country from Mexico. They're hopping the line. Yes, they're playing jump rope, hopping the line, my rear end committing a 20-year felony more likely. So we don't know who these people are, but we do know they're attempting to come illegally. They want to swarm the border. And why do they want to swarm the border? To overwhelm our resources. Now, if there was a wall in place, this wouldn't matter. We'd be okay. Not a big deal. There is no wall. We know there are home invaders coming into the home at night and killing people, but we neglected to put a front door on our house 
we neglected to put a back door on our house. God help us. And this is a failure by design. No wall, lots of drugs, lots of illegal aliens. Bob Menendez, accused of liking little girls and not in the proper way, has said, oh, if they build a wall, if they build a wall, it will disturb commerce. Folks, a wall wouldn't disturb commerce. It would disturb smuggling, you see, illegal commerce. The wall would not stop a single alien from legally entering the United States. It would just make sure that they go through ports of entry so they can be vetted. That's the purpose for a wall. Wall of hate. No, wall of security, you see. The hate is, the, is what we're hearing from the other side, because they obviously hate the people uh, who die. Oh, who cares? They'll get killed. What the heck? Can't make the world completely safe. And by the way, we need our campaign contributions. That's how terrible this is. That's how terrible. But you turn on the news and you listen to the reporters. The president is making it up. He has no facts. How do they know he has no facts? That's the most incredible statement I've ever heard from an alleged journalist. Are these people reading comic books and think it's the Encyclopedia Britannica? The president has no facts to to back up what he's saying. Based on what? Did they know what was in the president's morning brief? I doubt it. I doubt they get to see the morning brief. So without access to the morning brief, without access to conversations with the heads of Homeland Security, the FBI, and the intelligence services, how in the world do they know what the president knows? But no one challenges that. And they come out every day with the same lies, the same nonsense. The president is making it up. He doesn't know. Based on what? There's a morning brief, and I assure you it is detailed. It is complete. When I submitted that one half page, I had to do something like 12 rewrites. Then it had to go through five levels of management to make certain it was exactly what they needed because it needed to be self-contained and answer every possible question. I think I worked on that damn thing for about 11 hours to come up with a half page. That's how carefully prepared the morning brief is for the president. And we couldn't leave the office until we got a call from the briefing team down in Washington, and they said, okay, it's acceptable, go home. It's that meticulous, and this happens every single day. I was only involved, at least to my knowledge, with one. Some of my other materials back when I was over at Intel and other places may have also gone to the president, but this was specifically for the briefing team. And it was rewrite after rewrite and nitpicking every single question to make sure we were factually 100% on the money. You don't play games when the president is going to read it. This isn't the New York Times, not the New York Times, certainly. So we hear this nonsense about what the president knows and how he's making it up. We never heard that from about Obama, did we? We never heard that about Bill Clinton, did we? And again, I remind you, I'm registered as a Democrat. I'm not being partisan, but you know what I'm being, folks? American. American. The disrespect that the Democratic Party has developed for the Constitution, the disrespect that the Democratic Party has developed for American citizens, and for the opposition party. All this jumping up and down about this bomber that was just caught, oh, it's all the president's fault. Why did the president 
take on this role of monster. Well, it's because they've painted it that way. He was out campaigning, and you had these rioters come into these venues to disrupt a rally. Where have we seen this before on that scale? Disrupt Congress. Antifa. Is Antifa a Trump deal or a Democrat deal? You had Obama saying that he was from Chicago. I was just on a radio show this morning, Bobby Gunther Walsh over in WAEB in Pennsylvania, where the president said, you know, if they bring a knife, you bring a gun. Really? And you're the president of the United States? You had Joe Biden say that he'd like to take the president out back. You have uh, these actors making their statements. You have Hillary Clinton saying as long as the Republicans control the Congress, we will not be civil. You have Maxine Waters saying get in their faces wherever they are. But the president has created this climate of hostility. Steve Scalise, Congressman Scalise, almost killed, grievously injured, went through I don't know how many surgeries, and I'm sure he's never going to be the same, by a Bernie Bush, a Bernie, um, um, well, forgive me. He was a Bernie supporter. And he's the guy who shot Scalise. Maybe really wasn't a supporter of Bernie, but he was a, a, a Trump supporter. Who are we talking about here, folks? You know, a Bernie Sanders supporter shoots a congressman, was trying to take out other Republicans. In fact, he asked before he opened fire, are those the Republicans over there? And when he heard yes, he started shooting. This wasn't an accident. Supports Bernie Sanders, but somehow Trump is the guy that started the violence. You know, I have no problem with people disagreeing with anybody. I was on the debating teams back in high school and college. I believe in debate. Debate is intellectual capitalism. You bring your ideas to the, to the marketplace, if you will, that's the stage, and then the audience, the consumers, get to decide what they want. So there's nothing wrong with debate. But these folks won't talk about the truth. They engage in personal, disgusting attacks. They make fake accusations. Uh, it, it just astonishes me. It astonishes me. I mean, I believe it was Harry Reid who accused Mitt Romney of not paying his taxes, and it was a total lie. Then afterwards, they confronted him and said, you know, that was a lie about Romney. And he thought it was hysterical. He goes, yeah, who won the election? Ha ha. Who are we voting for? Liars and thieves? People that don't care about the Constitution? People that don't care about innocent lives, particularly the lives of children? There's big concern about the children, but not about children killed by MS-13. There's big concerns about children, but no concerns about kids that get hooked on drugs. There's big concerns about children, but not about the kids whose parents go to jail because they get caught up in crime to feed the drug habits and buy the drugs that are flowing freely across the Mexican border. Yeah, they're concerned about children, okay? If you believe that story, I've got a wall to sell you. So this stampede, this organized mob, if you will, headed north. The president of Guatemala claimed that money was being given to them by Venezuela. Well, Venezuela is hooked to Iran. For years, Iranian shock troops have been flying directly from from Tehran, Iran, into Caracas, Venezuela. They're that close to each other. Now think of all the billions of dollars that Obama gave Iran as part of that 
terrible nuclear deal, right? So they are flush with money. So you have Venezuela perhaps acting as the middleman for Iran paying to see these people heading north because among them are sleeper agents. If you, if you go to my article, please click on the link to the hearing. Watch the hearing. Read the testimony. Whatever I tell you is verifiable. I'm not going to sit here for an hour every week and lie to you. I'm not running for politics. I've been offered the opportunity. I want nothing to do with it. I don't run for Congress. I run from Congress. Okay? But watch the, 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 the video. Read the testimony. Sleeper agents are operating in the United States. Some have been arrested. Others are out there. More are coming. And when I, when I tell you that the, the facts are there, they, it was just reported upon that the president of Guatemala has announced that his law enforcement officials arrested 100 ICE, uh, ISIS participants, terrorists, and, and sent them back to the Middle East. This is all current. So how far-fetched is it that among this flow of supposed refugees headed north are terrorists and gang members? Didn't we see that in Germany, where ISIS was embedding itself in refugee flows? Of course we did. And look at the tactic, by the way. If you haven't noticed, I want you all to pay attention to something. In the Middle East, I mean, you want to talk about scurrilous scum. Uh, Look at what the PLO does. Look at what the terrorists do. They hide behind women and children because they want the women and children to die so that they can hold up the dead bodies and say, that's what our enemies did. So they put gun emplacements and bomb factories in hospitals, in schools, orphanages, wherever there's lots of women and children, in the hopes that they will die so they can have that bloodied baby to hold up and say, look what they did. Well, guess who's at the head of this column headed north? women and children. This is a Middle East tactic. Put them in harm's way. If anything happens, they'll have dead bodies that the news will be happy to photograph for them. But there's something else I want you to think about. Somebody sent me an email today and said, Mike, yes, this caravan is disturbing, but this goes on every day of every week. And he's right. He's completely right. Every year, over a half million aliens fail to depart. Every minute of every day, aliens are running the border. The border patrol is overwhelmed. So I thought of of an analogy, because, you know, anybody uh, who's out there who's familiar with the way I like to write and speak, I like using analogies. So there is significance to this huge mass of humanity headed north. But I've come to think of it as getting hit by a snowball in a blizzard. The snow is coming down, but you certainly can't you know, miss that feeling of that one big snowball that smacks you upside the head. But it's not like that's all that's coming at you. If it was just the, 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 you know, the 7, 15, 20,000, who knows what the numbers are, America could easily deal with it. We could even screen 12,000, 15,000. But when you add it to the, st- the steady drumbeat, The backlog of immigration cases right now, 700,000 cases waiting to see immigration judges. For the first time in years, this administration has hired a bunch of new judges. Still not enough. And one of the things that we're lacking that really hurts everything is ICE agents, interior enforcement. Now, you might wonder, what in the world does interior enforcement have to do with the Mexican border? And here's what it has to do. 
We all know that catch and release is a reality. It's also a reality for ICE, by the way. When they arrest illegal aliens, they don't have any place to put them either. So they, they photograph them, they fingerprint them, they give them a court date, and they turn them loose. On the border, according to what I heard recently, they were interviewing the president of the Border Patrol Union, 2%. 2% of the aliens who are given court dates show up. And they probably show up because they have a brother, sister, they got married, they got something going for them. So it's in their interest to walk into an immigration courtroom. 98% don't show up. Think about it. Stupid is this. We give them a notice to appear, and that's why the Border Patrol and ICE agents call that NTA, the notice to appear, a notice to disappear. Now, why do they do this? They do it because they know that if they play the game of hide-and-seek, if they hide, nobody's going to seek. Failure by design. There are 7,000 or so ICE agents, 6,000 ICE agents, whatever the exact number is. And, and it was funny, the Obama administration said, well, we can't tell you how many they are. That's national security. We don't want the bad guys to know how many people are looking for them. No, they didn't want the American people to know how this agency is failing by design. That's what they didn't want to know. So 7,000 ICE agents, more than half of them aren't even doing immigration work. They're doing customs work. And when there's a presidential campaign, they back up the Secret Service. And then they also go after kiddie porn investigations. And they also go after money laundering investigations. And they also go after intellectual property right investigations. They're more concerned with people that manufacture counterfeit Gucci loafers than counterfeit passports. So maybe we've got about 3,000 ICE agents for the entire United States of America and Puerto Rico and, and so forth, 3,000 ICE agents. I remember I was at a hearing years ago, and Lamar Smith, um, Lamar called me to a bunch of hearings. He invited me to my first hearing, in fact, that I did back in, two, in 1997 about visa fraud and immigration fraud because of the 93 terror attacks. And I remember Lamar Smith critical of the Bush administration, which took courage. Remember, Lamar Smith, Republican. John Hostetler, who followed as chairman, also Republican, criticized Bush constantly, frequently called on me knowing that I would go testify before their committee or subcommittee and be critical of the administration. They, they expected that of me. They showed real integrity, real chutzpah. And Lamar Smith looked at what the president came up with. This was Bush now. And he said, wow, this is like bringing two candles to a blackout instead of one candle. I will never forget the imagery. They want to bring two candles instead of one candle to a blackout. Brilliant statement. So with nobody looking for the absconders, why should they show up? If they show up, they're going to get ordered deported. If they don't show up, lots of luck. They're here. That's why we have maybe 30 million illegal aliens in the country, maybe 35 million, and more coming every day because there's nobody out there to look for them. There's no one out there to do investigations to find out if people are really legitimately married or, or claiming to be married when they're not. The 9-11 Commission found immigration fraud was the key method of embedding for the terrorists. False marriages, false jobs, false claims to political asylum, Think of the Tsarnaev family. They got asylum from Russia. We can't go home. As soon as we made them, we gave them asylum, they hopped on airplanes and flew back to Russia. But what happened to their credible fear? A lie. 
We've seen it time and time and time and time again. And what do we do? Nothing. Why? This is failure by design. The immigration system should be a law enforcement system. It's not. The immigration system, folks, has become a delivery system. What does it deliver? An unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable foreign labor. And by the way, not just the illegal aliens who do the physically demanding, dangerous, and filthy minimum wage jobs, but through the H-1B visa program and other programs. And even there, this administration has fallen short. Read my article about how uh, corporations are getting what they want with the H-1B visa. It's disgusting. Americans are doing the jobs, and then we're told, oh, we don't have enough American workers. Why? They get fired, and they get placed with workers from India who work for a third of the wage. It's outrageous. The immigration system also delivers an unlimited supply of foreign students and foreign tourists. That's why on 9-11 we had 26 visa waiver countries. Now we have 38. There should be zero. Why? Because the U.S. Chamber of Commerce partnered with the Hotel, Hospitality, Travel, and Manufacturing Associations to create a monstrosity they call the Discover America Partnership, blithely ignoring that al-Qaeda, ISIS, Uh, and the drug cartels have already discovered America. And here's the real kicker. The immigration system delivers an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers. How many politicians are lawyers? In Congress, on the federal level, on the state level, on the city level, immigration lawyers are salivating when they see the caravan. Here it comes, clients. And I wouldn't doubt that some of these unscrupulous lawyers, oops, that's kind of redundant, unscrupulous lawyer. Hmm. Well, you see the point. Probably have gone down there to coach these people to tell them what to say and what not to say. Comprehensive immigration reform, by the way, would have paid the legal fees for the illegal aliens. When I ask people about it, they're very naive and foolish, and they say, well, they're pandering to the illegal. Why would you pander to the powerless? That's stupid. There's no point. No. The reason Uncle Sam would have paid the legal fees is because lawyers hate to work for free. And they know that these people may not have any money, but that doesn't matter when Uncle Sam writes the check and guess who's really paying for the lawyers for the illegal aliens? We are in so many ways, but even in paying for their attorneys. This is what they wanted. This is what they want. They didn't get it, but they had the chutzpah to try to get the federal government to pay for immigration lawyers. Who pays for your accountant when you file a tax return, folks? So we've got a ton of people headed north, and really, they don't know what to call them. Are they migrants? Are they refugees? I call them aspiring illegal aliens, but there's another way to describe them. Clients for immigration lawyers. And that's the reason the system continues to fail, because it does everything but what it's supposed to do. It's not protecting us, this system. It's not protecting American jobs. It's not protecting um, public safety. But it's certainly creating clients for immigration lawyers. It's certainly providing uh, workers who can be easily exploited, isn't it? And that's what we're witnessing This government of ours no longer gives a damn about the average American. We've become an oligarchy. And there's your living proof. The people with the money get exactly what they want. And we, the people, are getting the short end of a very big stick. 
and we're getting beat up every day. And election day is coming. And the problem is it's hard to figure out who to vote for, but anybody who has a problem with enforcing the immigration laws needs to be sent packing. And when you think about the Pelosi's and the Schumer's of the world, they are not entitled to be reelected. When you look at Gillibrand, who wants to get rid of ICE, she needs to be sent home. This is life and death that we're talking about, folks. And my real worry is that if this caravan gets through, it will encourage subsequent caravans, and it will enable terrorists among them and gangbangers among them to ply their trades in our country and ultimately cost innocent lives. That's what's at stake. So those idiots on the no view, no view of reality, can sit there and cluck all they want. The president does get briefings. The information has been out there. The dots have been connected. They just don't like the picture that gets created when you connect the dots. And if, God forbid, there's an attack, they'll be screaming, why didn't Trump protect us? Well, let me tell you, they like to rewrite history, and sometimes it doesn't take a week or two for them to try to change what they said or change what they did. But the facts are there, and they are immutable. The left wants to see an end to America's borders. Without borders, we're unable to defend ourselves. And the issue of putting the military on the border, look at it this way. It would be good to back up the Border Patrol with the military, but right now the Border Patrol, the the, um, Customs and Border Protection Inspectors at Ports of Entry and ICE agents back up the military. The primary military, the the primary mission of the U.S. military, all five branches, it's a common mission, keep our enemies as far from us as possible. However, once they get past the military, once the bad guys, the enemy combatants, and they generally do it either by running our borders, sewing away on ships, um, or, or, or flying in on commercial airline flights, the task of keeping us safe from those bad actors falls to immigration law enforcement. Problem is, there are far too few, and that's intentional. It's unforgivable, but it's intentional. Think about it. 45 years ago, the United States took nine years to put together the space program to um, fulfill President Kennedy's dream of sending men to the moon safely and returning them. How many years has it been, and we still can't figure out how to secure our Mexican-U.S. border? Uh, Folks, I was born on a Wednesday, not last Wednesday. Please get involved. Please read my articles. If you like them, forward them to as many people as you can. Um, Do it on Facebook, any way you can. Get the word out. We, the people, need to have the facts. Knowledge is power, and you can help to empower our fellow Americans. That's a job all of us can and must do. Please remember, folks, democracy is not a spectator sport. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll be uh, joining me again next week at the same time right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Meanwhile, have a wonderful weekend, folks, and don't forget to do your homework. Read those articles and forward them along. Thank you. So long for now.